0: As Sierra just prayed, Lord, let us know the depth, the weightiness of what actually has happened. We're going we're to keep the kids in just for one more minute uh, because I thought you might want to be here for this. I want to welcome you to... Uh, Blazing fire! This is a, just a special service. Do we, does everyone, anyone in the back need chairs? Like need seats? There, there's lots around, so I know there's a bunch up here. Anyway, I'll let you let you find seats. Um, so I want to welcome you to Blazing Fire, and tonight this is uh, this is our Christmas Eve service, really, Christmas Eve 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 or something. Um, and uh, it's going to be a really special time. It already has been. It will continue to be. And uh, so I. I want to, uh, we're going to start with a, a video clip. We're going to have several video clips tonight we're going to show. But um, I don't know how many baby boomers we have in this room, but for us, you know, growing up, uh, there were a few Christmas specials that we were like waiting, waiting, waiting for. And you know, they only showed once on TV, like you had to actually be there. You know, you had to run to the bathroom at commercial breaks. There were no VCRs, there were no DVRs, there were no DVDs. <laughs> and uh, there were several that that I loved, but but the one we're going to just show a quick clip from is Charlie Brown Christmas, and uh, and you know I liked them all for different reasons, but even as a kid I knew there was something special. Clearly, Charles Schultz was a was a believer, and uh, right in the middle of a of a show that everybody watched was the gospel, you know why Jesus came. So if you don't remember, you're going to see that in just a second, and uh, even at the end of that show. Uh, when they all, you know, they all figured out what Christmas was about. It wasn't the tinsel and the glitter and the presents. It was about people. It was about love. And uh, even at the end, they sang, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. That's what they ended with. So, um, so here we go. This is just, uh, as we continue on, this is just a reminder of what Christmas is about.
1: And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown.
0: Well, there you go. Bring back some good memories for people. I know now you want to see the whole thing, but you can just go home and pop in the DVD, and you're good to go. So, so we're going to go ahead and um, release the children to. Uh, I guess I think they have a Christmas party tonight too, and they're going to come back in uh, when we do uh, the candlelighting. They're going to rejoin us. So we bless Father. We bless our children. All right. And tonight, um, we decided to uh, that it would be fun to let you just hear from all of the all of the six elders. Pastors are going to share at some point uh, tonight, and we're going to unpack for you a little bit um, Isaiah nine verse six, uh, which you can see for to us a child is born, the one we were just singing of. For to us a son is given, so the child being born. This is this is about Jesus' humanity. Um, I want to remind you, in case you didn't know, Isaiah, Isaiah was around seven hundred years. Seven hundred years. I don't know how many generations that is, that's a whole lot. Uh, before Jesus was born. So this is a prophecy that came way before. God was saying, Yeah, it's it's pretty dark, there's things don't look so good, but some someone is coming. He started giving them clues. If it's a child. Uh, a child is born. So that's the, the humanity of Jesus, a child. So there's gonna be an answer and it's actually gonna be a person. And then the second thing is, it's gonna be a son. This, this obviously is, is referencing and starting to look at the deity of Jesus. It's gonna be a very special son, God's only begotten son, uh, Jesus. And the government shall be on his shoulder. We're gonna talk about that one in just a moment because for some of us, government doesn't sound like a very good, fun word. Um, and his name shall be called "Wonderful Counsellor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace." The very next verse, verse seven, is one I want to focus on just for a moment before we go back to those four titles for Jesus it says and of the increase of his government this is still a prophecy 700 years before Jesus was to be born of the increase of his government and his peace there shall be no end now there's that word again government and so i want to look at i want to look at two other uh versions of this to show you uh different variations of what of what government is about his ruling authority so that's that sounds different than the word we use for government today, but it is about god 's government, which is what his ruling authority it 's going to grow, and there 's going to be no limits to the wholeness he brings so this is a different government than we 've ever seen wouldn 't you agree <laughs> on the earth? You know what i mean in, in man 's government it 's different than that and and so one of the reasons at Christmas time that we 're celebrating um, we 're remembering that he came to the earth in its darkness and brought light, but we're also remembering he's coming back to fulfill completely the prophecy spoken over him. Because because even though his authority will grow and there's going to be no limits to the wholeness he brings, that, that his peace is, you know, is going to uh, expand to all the nations, we're not seeing that all yet, are we? But it's coming still. And here's one more translation. He will extend his dominion. So here we go. That's a different version of the word government. His dominion, his domain. The place where Jesus is king in boundless peace. Doesn't that sound good? Yes. Boundless peace. Never-ending peace. That's, that's what he came to to establish. When he came and when he died for us, it has been established. Like He set it in motion. His spirit's been given to us. And we're going to talk a little bit later about how his glory continues to spread and shine throughout the earth through us. But there's also coming a time when he's coming back and he's going to establish the whole world in this in this full peace, in the fullness of, of his peace, of his endless peace is going to reign. This is what's coming. So Christmas is a really special time because we're remembering both things. We're remembering what he's already done. We're remembering what is coming. Amen. So back to uh, Isaiah 9, 6. This is the one who's going to bring his authority, the Father's government, heaven's government, and going to bring boundless peace. And wh- and what is he called? He's called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So tonight, one by one, we're going to hear from each uh, of the well, these four elders, <clears throat> and uh, in just a moment, uh, um, first I'm going to call up Susan, who's going to speak a little bit about Wonderful Counselor, then uh, Susan Fokler, then her husband Russ, we'll talk about Mighty God, Jesus Jesus as Mighty God. Isn't that interesting? We're not talking about Father as Mighty God, we're talking Jesus as Mighty God. And Jesus as Everlasting Father. That's confused people. They're like, wait a minute, I thought we were talking Jesus. Well, Todd gets to unwrap that one a little bit for us yeah 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 it 's good, Todd <laughs> and then and then karina loud will will un- unpack and share a little bit about Jesus as our prince of peace, and that 's going to lead us into um, celebrating this together symbolically through through the candlelighting tonight, so let me just pray, ha. Ah. Father, we thank you for your sweet, sweet spirit. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we love you. We need you. We need your presence. And Jesus, we exalt you as the king of all kings. There's a reason why all, all of heaven and earth stood still, plotting, you know, just in, in up- uproarious praise, like deafening praise when you, when you showed up. When the light came. Because they had already seen you in heaven. And it was shocking that you were coming to the earth. It was shocking. And here you were. As a baby. Just coming as vulnerably as a baby. Comes to the earth. And yet you rose up as a king. But a king unlike any other king we've ever seen. And one who will reign forever and ever and ever. So tonight, I'm asking... (laughs) Holy Spirit, help us to see Jesus more clearly. Jesus, we want not only to see you more, we want to know you more intimately, more deeply. And in the midst of all the rush of everything that's going on as preparations are coming, I'm asking right now this this time be so filled with the sweetness of your shalom, your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. So Susan is going to start us out with Wonderful Counselor.
2: So um, when I was praying and looking at the different scriptures about Wonderful Counselor, I just started looking at just, it started just jumping out at me so much more than maybe I'd appreciated before what, what a counselor really is. He's that one who's always with us. You know, we all have friends and we all have go-to people or spouses or family, but none of them can be there right there, 24-7. He's been there since before we were born. He will be there to the end of the age, always right there with us, hearing us, listening to us, seeing us. In Psalm 139, we read this, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul. And you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. And you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past every single moment you are thinking of me every single moment unlike us finite human beings we can only think so much every single moment he's thinking of you he's looking at the past the future he's planning for you he's at your he's right at your side inspiring you showing things whether we are Recognize him in the moment or not, he's right there, always. And we cultivate his counsel, and his wisdom in our lives, when we when we choose to engage with the in the fear and the awe of God. And of course, fear does not mean being, being afraid of him. We gotta hide of him from him, but fear being. Uh, just amazed at his goodness, like we were singing a little bit earlier. And when uh, Sierra encouraged us to stop and think, who is this God we worship and adore? And as we do that, we come into this awareness of how much higher are his thoughts, how much truer, purer, wise, loving are his thoughts so much better than mine. I need his counsel. I need his wisdom. I I tend to think I know a lot more than I know. He knows everything, and he's so willing to be right there to share it with us. Proverbs 9 says, the starting point for acquiring wisdom is to be consumed with awe as you worship Jehovah God, the source of revelation and Knowledge is found as we fall down in surrender before the Lord. His wisdom searches out the deep places of our heart, just like sometimes we go to an earthly counselor because we, we need help understanding what's going on in our own heart. Psalm 51, six says this, I know that you delight to set your truth deep in my spirit. So come into the hidden places of my heart and teach me wisdom. Psalm ninety twelve says this. Um, talks about how he interprets our lives. How many times are you like I, I don't I don't understand myself. I don't know why I'm thinking this thought. I don't know why I'm doing certain things. We invite him in, and he comes with his light to illuminate and bring clarity when we have no clue what's going on on the inside. Psalm 90, help us to remember that our days are numbered and help us to interpret our lives correctly. Set your wisdom deeply in our hearts so that we may accept your correction. Because how many of you know when he corrects us, it's not to shame us, to blame us, to find fault. He corrects us. He shows us the way for our benefit for the, our personal benefit, for the benefit of the people around us. He's like, I want you to live well. I want you to be successful and do well. And for that, we need his help. We need his wisdom. We need to know what we don't know. <laughs> a lot of things we don't know. <laughs> I think as human beings, we tend to think we know a lot more than we really know. Um, earlier this week, a man came in to see me at my office. A young man, of course. Everybody's looking kind of young these days. <laughs> Younger man. Younger man. Um, anyway, I had never met him before. He was new, a new person, and he was. I noticed he was on a lot of medication, of psych meds, including a lot of anti-anxiety meds. He's a very, 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 very anxious person. He was on. I think many more meds than I thought he should be on. Um, so his concern was he wanted refills on his meds and, and he had all this anxiety and he had no idea why he was on having so much anxiety. Now he's a Muslim, doesn't believe Jesus, but I will tell you, as soon as we started talking about things, Jesus was so right there.
3: You
2: know, he's not waiting for us to invite him in or become aware of him. He's already right there for everybody and as so we just started talking a little bit it was came very clear he started he said you know i have never shared this with anybody but i used to watch my dad be so cruel and so violent with my mom and it just it just did something to his heart and it created all this anxiety inside now i will tell you that was jesus the counselor that was not me That was Holy Spirit helping him see, make a connection he'd never been able to make before. Now, he didn't get saved right there on the spot, but I'm I'm hoping praying some things started opening up. Because when you get truth in there, you get light in there, and Jesus is right there with you. In Proverbs, because Proverbs says so much. How many of you know Proverbs says so much about the wisdom of God and the counsel of God? If you ever feel like you need any guidance or direction in your life, you might look at Proverbs. Um, It talks about how his wisdom is like a fountain. It flows, never-ending, constant source, always available. It just never runs out. He's right there for you. Proverbs 18.4 says this, The words of wisdom are like a fresh flowing brook, like deep waters that spring forth from within, bubbling up inside the one with understanding. Oh, and I want to share one more thing about that young man. Actually, there was something else that actually happened that I should add to finish the story. He also shared that his dad had just recently died, and that he hadn't been able to to cry. And he was very soon crying when he talked about his memory of watching his mom. So I'm also praying for a full, you know, full circle for him, a full reconciliation for him, for all the hurts and pain that was happening, that he had to witness and the trauma you know you we get traumatized when we we even see somebody else getting hurt so i think he's I think he's going to be don't know if he's going to find jesus or not but i know that he's hearing jesus wisdom and understanding is also a protection god the bible talks about being actually like having a bodyguard this is from proverbs 2 7 and 8, for the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible in his godly, to his godly lovers. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. And we know how to choose what is right when we're, we start to lean on him and start to go, I need some help. I can't do this on my own. I can't figure this out. In my own strength and understanding, it empowers us his wisdom empowers us to choose well in move uh, farther the next verse proverbs two then you will discover all that is just, proper, and fair, and you 'll be empowered to make the right decisions as you walk into your destiny. so when we 're really invite God in and engage with that sense of awe and wonder, it starts affecting how we see things, how we think, how we perceive things. And the last, the last scripture from Proverbs 2, that wisdom actually brings pleasure, well-being. When wisdom wins your heart and revelation breaks in, true pleasure enters your soul. and just to close with a couple a couple more more scriptures from proverbs that when we allow him to speak into our life when we allow that counsel and that understanding we allow our when we submit to him and acknowledge god i just don't have the answers i need this, this is what proverbs says it starts happening in our lives do yourself a favor and love wisdom. Learn all you can and watch your life flourish and prosper. For then you will perceive that is what is true wisdom, your future, will be bright. And this hope living within you will never disappoint you. And it actually from the ancient Hebrew actually goes on to say, and your death will be good. So it doesn't just affect how we live, it also affects how we, how we die, the fullness of our life as we acknowledge, God, you're good, your ways are higher than my ways, and I need those ways. So thank you, Jesus, that you're always talking to us. You're always tuned into every last little detail. And you are fully engaged. And we don't have to do anything more than to turn our sight towards you. And you're right there. Thank you, Jesus.
4: Hi, I'm Russ. <laughs> So, I get to talk a bit about mighty God. Jesus is mighty God. And the Hebrew, as best I can pronounce it, <laughs> is El Gibur. And El in Hebrew is often a word for God or a mighty one. And Gibur is also about being a strong, mighty, uh, a, a hero, a mighty warrior, a commander of armies, one with ability and energy to accomplish great things. And I love this this scripture that shows me how God wants to show himself mighty and strong through us as well. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So not only is he mighty, he wants to, he wants to show himself mighty through us.
3: <clears throat>
4: and I want to talk about how mighty Jesus is in three, three different contexts. One is the whole cosmos. Another is our lives on the earth. And another one is, is inside of us. And... Um, <clears throat> So those those of you who are into science, you you probably enjoy this first one. Um, there's like eleven references in the in the Bible to to God stretching out the heavens. How many of you enjoyed looking out in the night sky or in the day sky and just it just ministers to you. It, it ministers to me. Everyone, if you're if you're one of my Facebook friends, I often are posting pictures of the sky. <laughs> um, So here's one example in Zechariah 12.1. Thus declares the Lord who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. And here's one from Isaiah 40. It is he, 40.22, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Now that sounds like maybe it's a poetic thing, and I think for most of man's time on the earth it seemed more, mostly a poetic, you know, gesture. But it turns out that science has recently, maybe in the last hundred years or so, <clears throat> excuse me, discovered that there's actually this really hard to understand dynamic that actually is stretching out the heavens. And they've given a, a, a name called dark energy. They call it dark because they haven't been able to figure out most of what it is. They've figured out like an, a very small aspect of what dark energy is, but it, it's it's pretty. It's how many of you guys remember from high school about uh, Hubble discovering that the that the you know galaxies are are basically flying away from each other. I see that, Larry. <laughs> I see that, Matt. <laughs> there was this thing called the red shift which indicated that they're they're not just moving away they're accelerating as they're moving away from us yeah and um, let's see if I can uh, what is dark energy? dark energy refers to the self-stretching interesting word self-stretching property of the space-time fabric or, or the surface of the universe space because of dark energy and and independent of matter or any heat or light stretches itself, moreover, the larger the space time envelope of the universe grows, the more stretching energy it gains. yeah, this gaining of stretching energy causes some science writers to refer to dark energy as the anti gravity factor and so uh, and actually, some of the terms for, uh, when the Bible talks about God stretches out the heavens, it talks about him. As, a, as something that has been accomplished and is something he's continuing to do. He's continuing to stretch out the heavens. Now, that sounds like a really pretty powerful thing to me. Like, I can't imagine anything more powerful. And here's something interesting. Um, physicists are puzzled by this. Most of them are still trying to wrap their minds around how this works and what it means. But in an interview with uh, three three scientists a physicist named Philip Ball um, heard from them that arranging the cosmos as we think it is arranged would have required a miracle. In the same article, Philip Ball states that Dyson, Glebon, and Susskind said the existence of dark energy would imply that an unknown, ag- unknown agent intervened in the evolution of the universe for reasons of its own. Who might that be? <laughs> I think it's Jesus. So so you are mighty. You are mighty, Jesus. And and as physicists learn more and more, they, they're finding that there's so many things that are extremely fine-tuned for we for us to be alive here. Yeah. To have a place to be alive in. It's it's pretty it's it's just amazing how much has to happen just for their to be galaxies and planets and, and for uh, the, the constituent elements of life to be, be in the right order and the right amount for us to be, be here in the form we're in. So thank you Jesus that you are, are a, a mighty one shaping the whole universe. And for next I have a video for the next part which is God interacting and in, in, intervening in our lives In this earth,
5: I'm here today because God has intervened and spared my life, not just once, on a number of occasions. But this time, on a rain soaked day in Los Angeles, I had another divine intervention. I was involved in an eight-car pileup on the 405 freeway, and those of you that live in L.A. know what that might be like. In the process of the collisions, I found myself trapped under a large 18-wheel truck where I was being dragged toward the railing of a bridge, and that bridge crossed a freeway that was down below. As I hit the protective curb just before the bridge railing, I was launched into the air and through that very railing. I was praying knowing that the only question was this: Would I die from the fall to the freeway below, or would I die from being hit by the cars hurtling forward in the traffic that I was about to fall into? As I clung to the steering wheel, I could feel the nose of the car headed down, down toward the freeway. When I suddenly found myself back onto the very freeway I had just left, I was standing on the surface of the bridge, or the car was on the surface of the bridge. Stunned, I sat there for just a moment when several people came running and told me to quickly, quickly get out of the car because the gas tank was leaking. Well, with the engine of my car now sitting by my right knee, I began looking for a way out. As I looked around, all the doors were crushed in from the collisions that I'd been in, and I noticed the rear passenger door was open just enough for me to squeeze through and get out. As I did, I ran from the car to a spot about fifty feet away when a number of people came up to me telling me the amazing events they had just seen. One man said it like this Senor, I do not believe in God, but Senor, he said in broken English, you went over the bridge using these hand motions. You went over the bridge and were going down. And my wife and I, we both saw the hand of God reach down, grab your car, and pull you back onto the surface of the bridge. Senor, it was a miracle. It was a miracle. And as he was finishing the last of his statement, a dozen or more people all began to say they had seen the same thing. And right there in the middle of the L.A. 405, I gave my first altar call. I told them it was the protective hedge of God that has saved my life. And they could have the same hedge of protection around them. All they had to do was accept Jesus as the Son of God. And there in the pouring rain in the middle of an L.A. freeway, more than a dozen people knelt on the concrete to give their life to Jesus. I probably never know the full reality of what happened on that LA freeway until I get to heaven. But lives were changed because God intervened. And I'm here today because He did.
4: Is that cool or what? So actually, John Paul Jackson. Is in heaven, so he's probably gotten to see, but watch with Papa to see what some of the ripples were from that, from that experience and his response to it. Yeah. So uh, another way I wanted to talk about our mighty God was how He sets us free from the inside out, because that that needs needs power. It needs it needs more than what we can do on our own. In Isaiah sixty-one, which we all know, most of us know really well which was quoted by Jesus as kind of his inaugural address in Nazareth. The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Earlier this week, we had uh, our, our home group had a little Christmas party and we were singing Christmas carols like we were tonight. And, and Stephen Carey wanted to share his, how, how moved he's been by a, a, one particular carol, God rest ye merry gentlemen. Remember that, Stephen? Let nothing you dismay remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power. Our mighty God saves us from Satan's power when we were gone astray. So part of it's our waywardness, and then when we, when we go astray, then we get even more trapped in Satan's power, don't we? Anybody experience that? Oh, tidings of comfort and joy to you then, and me, comfort and joy. So Brent encouraged us to make this personal, (laughs) not just theoretical and outside, but inside. So um, many years ago, I was having a lot of back problems, and a friend came over and prayed, and he said, "Um, well, Russ, I'm getting that there's a spirit of obstinacy involved here. Susan was not shocked at all to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, I didn't want the back problems anymore, and I recognized that sounded true, much as I didn't like it. And so I repented. I said, God, I'm sorry for, for basically partnering with a spirit of obstinacy, which was a demonic spirit. And, um, and they prayed for me, and it left. And I had, I've had much fewer back problems ever since then. Thank you, Jesus. I, I want to acknowledge that part of it was my repentance, but even my repentance wouldn't have been enough to dislodge the spiritual being, I believe, without, without Jesus, our mighty God, my mighty God, my mighty one, my, my, my mighty warrior. And um, as I've been assisting Jesus in inner healing and deliverance work with others, I've seen many instances when a part of the person has been held captive in a deep, dark place. And, and as we've prayed and we've invited Jesus to come, Jesus has rebuked the evil beings, holding them captive. And then he comes in and comforts and strengthens the person and carries them or leads them up out of that dark place into the sunlight with him. And I believe several of you have, helped, have seen that, have experienced that. And it's not just a metaphor, because we see good fruit afterwards. It's not just a nice thought or a nice picture, but Jesus does that in reality, in our hearts, in our inner beings. So um, before we hear about the last two names for Jesus in Isaiah 9, let's take a moment to reflect on the wonder of Jesus, who is, from Colossians chapter 1, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation by whom all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, including dark energy, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or principalities, all things, say all things, all things were created through him and for him. For him. That was Papa's delight. That was Father God's delight to create these things with Jesus and for him. The wonder of this mighty and cherished one choosing to come as a vulnerable human being, a vulnerable human child coming to us to usher in his father's kingdom of peace and love.
6: A really cool video. Joseph, there is in Star Wars. The actor, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to talk about everlasting Father for a few minutes, and like Brent said earlier, how could Jesus be our brother and our Father at the same time? And um, I just, I do want to tackle that for a minute. Um, God's. Economy, God's a kingdom, is what we call the inside, outside, upside-down kingdom. You ever hear that before? Because it's pretty different than the way we do things a lot of the time. Like we give money, and it comes back on us. And it's 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 amazing. And it's the same thing with Him and who He is to us in relationship. Because He can be all things to us. <clears throat> but more simply, in our own terms, it's like my own kids. I've got a son and daughter and um I'm actually their father, but I'm actually their brother, too. Does that make sense? Because I love Jesus, and I'm brothers with Jesus, and their brother and sister with Jesus. Therefore, I'm their brother, too, and their father. Um, but it's the same way with the Lord. There's a place in uh, Song of Solomon that even says, You have ravished my heart. This is the Jesus talking to the people and it says, "My sister, my bride." Okay, and of course, if you go out and say that to people out there, they'd be like, "That's weird. Why? Why?" But in in God's realm, it's not weird because it's He's He's saying, "You're my sister. You, we're brothers and sisters to Jesus. We're joint heirs with Jesus. Yet we're also the bride." You know. So that's how those types of things work. Jesus is the everlasting. Father. And, of course, that also speaks of the Trinity, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, all the same person, different expressions of God. Is that clicking? Yeah, not really. It's not clicking. <clears throat> Why don't you click something to let me know? Um, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> thank you. <clears throat> um, there's different ways to uh, say everlasting Father like Father of eternity. Um, another... A, a, an interesting uh, phrase that's actually attached to this in the Bible is "architect of the ages." Architect of the ages—that's so cool. Um, father of time, past and time future. Um, uh, it, and it's interesting because um, when Brent talked to us about talking about this, I thought of Father Time, you know, and our our story of Father Time. You ever see? Uh, Rudolph, shiny new year. Have you guys ever seen that? And father time looks like Todd Bentley (laughs) or Conan O'Brien. He does. He looks like a mixture of those two dudes. And, uh, but father time, he's over all time. And this is actually, um, uh, I've heard that this myth of father time actually came from the actual father God. Um, uh, and that is who he is. He is now. He's always was. And he always will be. And um and so what happens inside of me when I think of uh him being the everlasting father, the one who always will be in my life, a father for me, is um uh what automatically comes up into me is something that David said in Psalms, Psalms thirteen thirty-one, fifteen. Um, he says, My times are in your hands. So I'm giving all my time, all everything into your hands. Or I give the moments of my life over to you, Eternal One, is what he said. That's when Psalm, when David was actually hiding out in a cave, being chased by people. So he did continue to say, "So rescue me from those who hate me." But some of us have people that hate us. Yeah, Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Am I the only one in here that's like that? Um. So for me, when, when it, I feel the pressure of those that are against me, um, or something that's against me, um, I can call on the father and say, you've always been my eternal father who actually comforts me. And right now we have a little problem, a big problem actually in our society, a fatherlessness. It's not happening in every family, but it's a pretty big epidemic, um, Whether the father is just missing, absent, or or even emotionally absent. Um, It's a massive problem across, actually across the world. Um, But in actuality, God is the ultimate father. And and the dad in the house um, should be able to represent his heart to the kids. And he is, we think of the mother as the nurturer, but God is that way. Too. And he, he actually would scoop down and hug and hold. And that's the way he is with his own son, Jesus. That's his role for us as well. There's many other roles, but it, the father, that's what he does for us. He, he comforts, he takes care of us. Um, and also gives us direction and tells us how to go and even, even, um, gives us a little bit of a, you know, like, uh, it says in the Bible, we would be illegitimate if he didn't reprimand us some. Meaning, he's just trying to show us the better way to do things. Like, nope, 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 not that, not that. That's who he is for me. And when Brent, uh, Pastor Brent asked us to, to bring a personal story to mind, I thought, how do you, I don't even, I, I mean, he's, he's just my everlasting father. You know, I mean, this is always going to go on. But then something came to my mind and it was a moment When, um, I took a whole bunch of teenagers to Jesus culture up in Sacramento and, um, and Jesus culture is wonderful. It, it stirs the kids up. It stirs us all up. It points to Jesus. But it's also for the youth pastor loud and constantly moving and trying to make sure where everybody is and, and so forth and so on. So it's, it's kind of a difficult, you know, weekend, uh, for the youth pastor. And I was feeling all that, and um, and and then some. And I was standing there at Jesus Culture, and I and um like I like to do most of the time. I was trying to find a place to hide uh in the worship service, and um so I did. I found a little nook corner, you know, and um and I was feeling a little overwhelmed, and I I was even feeling guilty, like maybe I'm not a good youth pastor because you know it doesn't feel like this is going so smoothly, and blah 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 blah. And that was one of the only times I, I, I maybe for the first time, I'm not sure, but that I cried out to the Lord during this worship service. And instead of saying, um, God, Father, whatever, I actually said, Dad, uh, which is what I would call my own dad, you know. Um, um, and I just said, Dad, I need you. And I felt almost a little funny because I hadn't really said that like that before. But that was when I had a massive breakthrough. I started crying. I started feeling that father uh, heart of his coming over me. And I felt him thank me for calling him dad because that's the affectionate word I call my own dad. And from that day on, I've, I've, I call him dad a lot. Um, so that's a moment, a defining moment for me in this everlasting father thing. It's always been an invitation that I could say, Hey Dad. Uh, but in that one moment, um, which is just a moment in eternity for him, uh I, I got a hold of that father thing in a different way um than I normally did. And he swooped down and caught me up and gave me strength right there, like a good dad would. Yeah, so that's who he is. He's the everlasting father. Um, I love that when When, when the angels are talking about who Jesus is and they're, they're using words like Father too because we've got to understand that He, the Comforter, you know, you could also say, well, that's the Holy Spirit, you know. So this is, He's, it's all intertwining. He is all these things to us and that's who He is to me. Amen. So be it.
7: Hello. Yeah was good. It's kind of hard to end after all of that. So, so good. Um, It's interesting for me to talk about Jesus as the Prince of Peace because everything in my life right now does not feel that way, but, you know, feelings are awesome and they're there to serve us, but it's not a good indicator of who God is and what he's doing in our lives. So, yeah. Peace is isn't this external place that we go to, and it's not something that we try to grab hold of and feel like it's slipping through our fingers. I think so much of the time when we think of peace, we, we want to grab outward here because everything inside and everything around us feels chaotic, but Jesus is peace. Je- peace is a person, and it's Jesus. It's who he is. It's, he, peace is a substance. It's living, and he lives inside of each and every one of us. So peace dwells there in us. And it's so good. We just need to be more aware of it. It's not something we grab hold of. It's something right here on the inside of each one of you. And he, every day he's saying, hey, you can tap into that right on the inside. So this is John 14. Verse 25, and Jesus said this as before he was going to the Father All this I have spoken while I'm still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give it to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled, and don't be afraid. It's so, so good. He doesn't give us the peace that the world might think of. He gives us the supernatural peace that um, in all circumstances we can grab hold of. And I, I used to really think that peace was circumstantial and that if everything in my life were going a certain way and there was no bumps in the road, no challenges, then I could grab hold of peace. But it, it's so not like that. It's so not like that. Um Peace isn't the absence of the storm. It is his presence. It's the presence of something greater than the storm, and it's him. And so, you know, oh, my goodness. Uh, I wish that that God could promise that we're not going to endure hard things or that the challenges, that the storms aren't going to come, but it's the presence of something so much greater than that storm. I don't have a whole lot of notes, I kind of want to share some stories, and I was thinking about this one time, um, well, Todd and I, when we lived in Missouri, we've shared about this, and we lived in a mobile home, in a modular home, and we kind of lived up on this hill in this mobile home park, and it it was storming, if you live in the Midwest, you get some crazy storms, and this was one of those times we could tell it was coming. It was loud, and we took cover. We heard the tornado warnings go off, and so we I think we hid in the in the bathtub or something or is that what we did <laughs> something we we did something we were Californians we didn't really know what to do really act to be honest, <laughs> but um we could hear that tornado coming right past our home and if you've ever near a tornado it sounds like a roaring lion it is loud and it's frightening and you don't know what's gonna happen but we we felt so much peace we felt this supernatural peace there was a little bit of fear but I remember us praying with our kids and pleading the blood of Jesus and we said oh that thing is not going to come near us um, and this peace settled in and the next, after it passed, we went outside, and we looked, and the homes in our neighborhood were pretty messed up. Some of them were completely gone, and um, our house was the highest, so we had really, if you know, familiar with a mobile home, you kind of have the siding on the, the blocks and all that, so our siding was torn off, but our house was completely untouched. We had some of the kids' toys in the yard, and they were still sitting there, and... There was such a peace. And I guess we forgot to pray for our neighbors, too. Because, oops. Sorry. <laughs> Whoops. But um, <laughs> just an example that the storms are going to come, but there is such a peace that you can, that can settle on the inside that, that Jesus offers us. He is the Prince of Peace. He's peace in the middle of war like Brent talked about, there's war, but he's also peace in the middle of the resolution, and he's peace when our lives are messy, and he's the prince of peace when there's order. It's who he is. It doesn't matter what the world looks like. He is, and he always will be the prince of peace. It's so not passive. I think a lot of times we think of peace as this passive thing, but it's it's so not. He is so intentional as, as the Prince of Peace in all of your lives. And for those of you that maybe you don't know him yet, I just feel like saying that. If you don't know him, he so wants to be peace for you. I'm telling you, anytime I've prayed for someone who didn't know Jesus, I, you know, and you say, What what did you feel? And they always almost always say, I feel peace. And that is so what the world is longing for. They are longing to feel that that To know who the prince of peace is, another uh, story about this um, i don 't know i guess i've had i've been in some situations that were crazy, but I remember i think this was, this was the second time that I went to Cambodia, and I think Misha, if you remember Misha, those of you who heard, yeah Misha was with me, and maybe domaly too i don 't think domaly's here, but um so there was. We were with um, a ministry, Mark and Jessica Knights. They're amazing. They have a rescue home in Cambodia, in Phnom Penh. And so we went out on the streets, and we wanted to go love on girls that were um, being trafficked. And so we found two girls, and we asked them, can we uh, buy you dinner and take you out for the night so you don't have to be out here being sold? And they were a little hesitant, and they said yes. So... They hopped in our van, and um, we're, going, we're heading down. We're talking to them. We have a translator, and I look over out the window, and I see um, this guy staring us down on a motorbike. And he, his eyes were this is really dark, really dark. And um, I don't know. I wasn't intimidated or anything. I felt this peace wash over me. And then um, Mark, our leader, he was telling us, oh, he's their trafficker, I think, you know, following us. And you know, no big deal. Um, I, I, I wasn't afraid at all. And I'm not the kind of person. I, I do have fears, but it was there was this supernatural peace that just settled over me, and it washed over me, and I felt Holy Spirit with us. And so we take him out on the street, and we're buying him food, and I could see the guy keeps passing by and watching us, and I, I remember being so unmoved by that and I felt peace the whole time we, were, we talked to the girls they share their, their stories with us it was really heartbreaking but God was there and at the end of the night we pray for them and they want to accept Jesus and so um, it was the most beautiful thing and they there was peace the whole time we asked them what did you feel and two girls who you know are probably being sold all day long For sex, tell us, I feel so much peace. I feel peace. And um, the trafficker, we never saw him the rest of the night. And then we connect the girls with um, a ministry because we were moving on that they could um, kind of get some healing. And so all that to say that Jesus is so in our lives. He's so present. He's so with us. Doesn't matter what, how crazy, how chaotic our world is and the government. He is the Prince of Peace, and he is ruling, and he is reigning. He is moving in ways that we can't even fathom, and I want to pray for you right now that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, would settle in your hearts and that you would be so aware of the peace that you can grab hold of on the inside. Nothing externally, that peace that dwells there through the challenges, through the chaos. And as someone in myself who who used to struggle so much with all the traffic in my head and even I sometimes still do with, with all the chaos and and the fears, and the anxiety, and stress, you can settle into this place of knowing who the Prince of Peace is at all times, no matter what is going on the outside, and I pray that you would know him in deeper ways, and if you don't know him yet, I just want to tell you he is the greatest, greatest Savior that ever lived, and you would never regret saying yes to him. He so loves you. You can live with the the Prince of Peace inside of your life at all times, so I just bless you in jesus name
0: very moving Jesus is you know uh, so w- we 're going to uh, we 're going to sing we 're going to worship for a moment to a song. Uh, called His Name Shall Be. It's uh, a Matt Redmond song, and uh, it is exactly uh, the names that we just heard about. And um, I want to encourage you. Worship is one of the greatest privileges we have. It's such a gift, the gift to be able to sing, to um, express ourselves using our voices. We don't understand really honestly what a gift we've been given because it does something to us. Even though we're worshiping him, it does something to us. And so even if you don't know the song, the chorus is not all that hard when it talks about the different names we've just heard. So if you start to get the tune, just start singing it. Okay, I want to encourage that. And as we're doing that, we're going to multitask a little bit in that, um, those that uh, someone here has the candles, and they're going to be uh, passing them down the aisle. So there's going to be uh, baskets full of candles. So you just take one and pass it down the aisle. So that you'll all have candles, okay, as we're getting to that part of the service. But here we go. We get to worship. If you want to stand, you could do that too, but here we go.
8: light and music fell and mercy found us here. Glory in the highest and on the earth be peace. Glory to God the angel. sing. The of His smile, the glory of His face So glory in the highest, and on the earth be peace Glory to God, your children sing His name shall be called Lord. Lift the weary ones, give peace and perfect rest To take away our burdens and to give a glorious gift So glory in the highest and on the earth be peace Glory to God the world will sing His name shall be called One
0: In Isaiah, the same chapter, Isaiah 9, that we were reading, it says, For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And so, in the midst of whatever uh, any any kind of darkness uh, that you might be feeling, the light of Jesus is already here and already shining. And I, I want to tell you that it's not like a candle. <laughs> his light is not like a candle. I, I love the symbolism, but I also want to make sure we understand this is explosive, brilliant light. You know, a candle, if you get a half a mile away, we're not going to see that light anymore. This is Jesus has no problem with his light being shown everywhere. Everywhere there is darkness. So, here you go. This is, this will help you see the light the way it is. that's the light we're talking about, the light of Christ. And he says something amazing to us. This is Jesus talking to us. He says, you are the light of the world. So whatever you just felt, anything in your spirit that you just felt about this light that has come to brilliantly shine across the earth, he says, you carry that same light. All those who believe in him, Are one with Him. There's a there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says He will not share His glory with another. The the Lord will not share His glory with another. That's true. But when you say yes to Jesus, you become one with Him. Therefore, you are not another. With you, He will share His glory. You have to understand this. This is this is the new covenant of grace. So we're here. I love this. I love this vision because this. Of course, this does not accurately represent the light of Christ. This is electricity on the earth, because because His light is, is brilliantly shining in every nation and you know multiplied all over the earth. And so when it when the Bible says that His glory covers the earth, just understand, yes, His presence, as as Russ said, is external. It's in the heavens. It's everywhere, but it's also in us, and it's spreading everywhere across the globe. And light is winning. And so his, what Jesus says to us is we don't hide that light, right? We let it shine. And so we need to be that light. We are the light. We just need to not hide it. That's it. It's that simple. Let the light out. And so tonight, um, as we, we have the symbolically the Christ candle that's lit, I'm going to ask, uh, for our worship team to come on up because they're going to lead us in some and a couple more uh, Christmas carols as we, as we um, light the candles. Does everybody have a candle? Do you guys need some? Is there more candles? They need some up here. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Uh, and so, again, just so you understand the symbolism... I mean, we could think of this on so many levels, but I, I love this time. As a kid, this was the most magical time for me. Was was the Christmas Eve service and the candle lighting? There's just something about looking at this candle as we're as we're agreeing with who Jesus is. And I want you to understand. So the light that's, that's external is not external to you. It's inside. It's brilliantly shining. But also as you watch the room start to glow, just, just think of that picture of the earth and realize that what's happening here is happening all over the earth. Light, the light of Christ is, is being transferred from one person to another. As we become the light, as we share our stories, as we bring people to Jesus, the light continues to grow. So I would ask, um, the elders, to please come forward, and we're going to let you light others' candles. And uh, worship team, please lead us. Yeah, let's let's explain this really quick. Do you see the picture um, on there? The person with the candle lit is keeps it straight up. If your candle's not lit and you're being lit by the person next to you, then you then you put your candle sideways. If you do it the other way around, that's how you put wax on the floor and on their clothes. Which is not what you want to do. Lit candles, go straight up. Got it? Okay. All right.
9: Please. (laughs) is born.
10: A new and glorious morn.
0: see this light in front of us and know that this is, this is just a symbol of the reality of Christ in us, the hope, the certainty of glory, the very glory from heaven that now lives within us. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are so blessed. And Jesus, no matter what is going on in our lives, you are that Prince of Peace. You are that wonderful Counselor. You are the everlasting Father. You are the mighty God. Jesus, this is who you are. This is who you are. more song. This one's a video, so here we go. Jesus, Jesus. (laughs) This is all about him. We're going to go ahead and turn on the lights. And uh, I know this is this is the part I never wanted to do as a kid, but we're coming to the part where you have to blow the candle out. (laughs) But know that the light shines in your heart. It's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. A little bit later, I think we'll have a box in the back. Is that right? In in the back the basket's in the back later on if you when you leave, so I want to uh okay. there we go uh, I want to encourage you uh if you have gifts tonight uh for the church, we have a box that's up here. And we have um, the box in the back, and I wanna—I just want to remind you, and I, and again, to understand that everything we do when we're giving is worship. So, so whether that's here tonight, whether that's you leaving this place, um, we um, just the other—the other night we were—we went to um, the 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 light show that Matt uh, Phipps put on in in San Jose, and as we were driving home, we. Um, we, we needed to use a restroom, and so we went to a, a fast food place, And uh, but that's all we were doing is going to use a restroom. So we're thinking, well, maybe we'll buy something, right? You know, you have those feelings. So uh, so as mothers were in the bathroom, I, um, a, wo- a, a woman passed by me and said, do you have spare change? And I, you know, without even thinking, I said no. Uh, she, she went on in, and uh, right then I thought, of course, I have plenty of spare change. I didn't have any change on me, but you know what I'm saying. I had money. And, uh, and I said, no, let's find out what this is about. So I went, I went inside and this same woman was now looking in the garbage cans of this, of this place. And I said, I said, uh, would you like some food? I'd be happy to buy you some. She goes, that would be great. So we went up there. I said, buy whatever you want. I said, you can buy some more things to bring to others who would need it. So she got, you know, a bunch of stuff to bring it. And, and as we left, of course that solved the issue of us using the bathroom at the same time. <laughs> and i'm just letting you i mean normally i wouldn't even share a story like that because it's that's kind of me and jesus stuff you know but i'm saying that's the kind of life it's and and think about the story like i let an opportunity pass me by which we all do at times we don't even i wasn't even thinking about it the moment i was out at the car and then all of a sudden something just came over me i'm like no just go find out well the lord did he's like just go go bless her um, so there's a lot of ways we can do this. So, so I'm saying giving isn't just something for, for a church service. We're so grateful for you who've, who've chosen to, to support us. We're really grateful. But it's a way of life. And more than that, we're not actually mostly talking about money anyway. We're talking about your whole life that belongs to the Lord. So, the wise men that brings their gifts to the King, you're bringing yourself to the King. You're saying, Jesus, my life belongs to you. And and if you've never done that tonight, I encourage you to give your life to Jesus. I encourage you because it's so simple. It's just simply you've heard all, you've seen all about him, you've heard all about him tonight. It's just simply as, as simple as saying, Jesus, you are, you really are the son of God. You're everything we heard about tonight. And I give you my life. I give you my life. I choose to follow you. So I encourage you, I know most of you know Jesus well here, but if you want to talk to somebody, come talk to me afterwards. I'd love to tell you more about him. And, uh, interestingly, um, the, uh, most, most, uh, scholars would tell you that the three wise men, as much as we like to see them in our nativity scenes, they weren't there on his, at his birth. They were likely there, much more likely about when he was two years old. I could go into the details, but I won't. But this picture would be actually much more accurate. Isn't that adorable? Yeah. Like thinking about Jesus as a two-year-old, you're like, "Oh my gosh, there he is!" And and let me tell you, they brought him some extravagant gifts. They didn't just like pinch a little bit of gold at him, you know. Uh, many think that even that's how his family survived. They had to they had to take off, you know, and they were anyway. You understand the whole story. They didn't have. They had to just go, and uh, suddenly they were given all these gifts. Um, so. So your life, just keep remembering your life is a gift and giving is a way of life for you. This is just who you are. So thank you again if you have gifts for Blazing Fire here and there on your way out. We would just be so grateful. And my uh, truly amazing wife, Suzanne, is going to close us out here.
11: Yeah, so, I guess my heart is so full, you know, even though it's not exactly Christmas Eve, it's like, who cares? <laughs> it's us in Jesus' time, it truly really was us in Jesus' time, and um, gosh, and I know it can be a tumultuous time and a... You know, crazy time, everybody rushing around and things. and and um, But if your heart has been even tenderized just a little bit tonight, stay in that place with the Lord, even now. Stay in that place with him. I'm reminded, and some of you might have known the sitcom Mork and Mindy. It was it was a silly sitcom about with the guy, an alien. Robin Williams comes like as an alien to the planet, and um, and it's Christmas, and uh, and Mork is trying to please everybody, and he's just trying to get him some really cool gifts, you know, that he thinks are cool, but they're like they're they're different they're not what you would you know i guess want to open or have but um but he tried he tried from his perspective on what gift giving was and uh and he overheard them saying the family that he's with he overheard them kind of saying gosh what do we do you know these these are kind of um different kind of gifts and so, how do we explain to him how to give a gift or whatever? And, uh, and, late, and so they had a little dialogue, but later um, everybody said, they said, it's the thought that counts. And he said, so thoughts matter? And, uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, they do. And so he goes, oh, I can give you that. And he doesn't really give, I don't know what it is that transpires, but he goes, with your, with your help, I can give you that. And, um, and so each one, in some way, shape, or form, has a, has a memory come back to them of a special time that brought them love, joy, peace, peace. And it was such a tender moment that they had just inside with them. And so now I, I ask the Lord, our loving Father, I ask him to give you that kind of present even now, or when you're maybe when you're driving home or whatever. But that present of a time that you were so You, where you were deep down, you, and you were so connected with him. And I want you to revel in the beauty of that moment, the beauty of that memory, the feelings that you had, how amazing you are, and how amazing he is in your life. want to bless you with that I ask the Lord to bless you with that I can't do that but as your heart is tenderized tonight he can do that and later we're ending a little bit early and we've got some friends in the house we haven't seen in a while but maybe share that moment share what that was that the Lord brought to mind that that time that was just so you, or touched you, or some beautiful thing that just happened to you. I've been struggling with um, getting into the Christmas spirit, and uh, and I'm you know just going. Oh, I'm trying to get into it. I'm trying, trying hard to feel like getting into the Christmas spirit. And uh, a couple of nights ago. Um, Derek answered the door. My son answered the door. He goes, you guys come quick. And we're like, what? You know, we were getting ready for dinner or whatever. He's like, get over here. As we run around the corner. And um, some neighborhood families had gotten together. And they actually Christmas caroled. How many people remember Christmas caroling? Right? And it's just it was jingle bells. <laughs> you know, it was what they could sing. And, and uh, there was a little, I think she must have been two or something, and she was dressed like a reindeer, and she handed out the candy canes. <laughs> and the rest were elves, but it was the beauty of the innocence in the voices the exuberance, just the joy of, I don't know, wanting to bless somebody else. And that was just like, oh, you guys, you just made my Christmas. Oh yeah, right? It's like, yay, God. <sighs> so, even in that, as you're, you know, with you sitting with your friends and family this weekend, Maybe make somebody's Christmas just with a simple smile, hug, thought, prayer. Got to pray with a niece and nephew earlier tonight and uh, just bless them. They're, they're kind of newlyweds, but uh, but even in that, just to bless somebody, to just, you know, say a sweet prayer. Or give a hug. (sighs) So, the Lord bless you and keep you. Keep you and hug you tight. (laughs) It's not in here. That's not in here. The Lord make his face shine on you. And be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Love you guys. Blessings. Good night.